you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. What's going on? This is Zaya Franklin, linebacker of the Indianapolis Colts, and this is the NFL Report. All right, welcome to the Week 12 edition of the NFL Report. I'm Steve White. Here's my guy, James Palmer. JP, we saw the Jags. We saw the Ravens. Ooh, and did we ever see the Eagles get big wins, as well as those Atlanta Falcons to take over the NFC South. JP, every other team in the NFC South took a loss, and one of them proved very costly down in Carolina. There is a second coaching change in the NFL, Steve. Frank Reich is out. We know this. It happened this morning after starting 1-10, and the offense that he was put in charge of, specifically David Tepper, the owner, wanted to hire an offensive mind. They're 28th or lower in almost every single offensive category. So Tepper moves on with his third head coach firing. He's had two with his MLS team. And to break all of this down with the quick trigger finger of David Tepper is, as I'm calling him, the official NFL insider of the NFL report, Mike Garofolo, should be joining the show. There, there he is. Pop there we up. go. There he is. He just flies into the middle of the show. Mike, well, well, you, I know he, you got a pulse on everything. Yeah, that, I mean, I'm the official insider because Ian treated you so rudely on the, the insider today. <laughs> yeah. I think he's out for good, right? <laughs> Listen, you know why I made the call, and I'm, I'm making it today on yeah. this show. Official insider of the NFL report. Mike, you, you got a pulse on everything. You know when things are kind of coming. I did this game against the Cowboys a week ago, and I could start seeing yeah. things happening when I was at that game talking to people in Charlotte. When did you really get a sense that this was possibly or, or almost certainly happening uh, on Monday morning? Uh, well, b- back up, because I thought you were going to ask me, when did I get a sense that this was possible, that Frank Reich was not going to survive past year one? I would say back to when I had yeah. the game. I guess it was before the Cowboys game. It was the uh, Thursday night game in Chicago. Maybe it was a couple of games before that where uh, that was the game where did Frank Reich take back play? Call? I'm so lost because he gave it up. And he took it back, so I don't remember. He took it back against the Cowboys. He must have gave it up then, Mike. Maybe it was when he gave it up, and uh, all these weeks are running together, guys. You know how it is. (laughs) Um, uh, But I remember that night talking to people. It was like, well, you know, Bryce's brain is kind of scattered right now because, you know, you've got different play callers. Thomas Brown was taking some of the concepts that he was doing with the Rams or or Sean McVay was doing with the Rams that he kind of learned there, and they were trying to mesh it with what Frank Reich was doing or had done with Indianapolis and Philadelphia, and it wasn't meshing. And so you've got two different guys, uh, two different voices inside uh, Bryce Young's head there, and then you add in Josh McCown as well, who, who was trying to mesh these two together, and it just wasn't working, and I started to get the sense that this was just not a great setup. Now, I had Steve Smith with me that night, and I, I asked Steve just his opinion. I said, Steve, what do you think? He goes, I don't think that they want to fire another coach after one and done. Uh, I would imagine David Tepper doesn't want it. And Ian reported that today. David Tepper did not want to do this, but felt like he had to. So mm. 
look, I, 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 I know he wanted an offensive mind. I understand that thinking. That is something that Jeffrey Lurie and the Eagles have had. They want to hire offensive-minded head coaches. It's worked out for them, but not because those guys are offensive-minded, because they've been the right call. And David Tepper really wanted Ben Johnson last year. Ben Johnson withdrew from that, uh, that chase, which I would imagine he's at least going to be on David Tepper's radar again this year. Steve Wilkes was sitting there staring him right in the face, right? Yep. So if your number one target was gone, mm-hmm. why not just go with the guy that did a great job as the interim coach with a staff that wasn't even his and really didn't have a chance to set the table for himself? Never mind what happened back in Arizona when he never got the chance to hire his own staff and set the table for himself. I, I just, at this point, Steve Wilkes could have done this. <laughs> so I, I get what you're saying, Mike. So that, that leads me to this question as we push it forward and we want to move forward with this. You look at what they did in terms of naming an interim head coach. They didn't name Thomas Brown, who's going to run the offense. They didn't name Jero Evero, who's going to run the defense. Either one of them isn't named the interim head coach. What I'm curious is, do you think that's a move to where you don't fall into the same situation that you were in last year with <laughs> right. a run happens like it happened with Steve Wilkes and maybe just yeah. already your mind is made up that you want it to be somebody outside of the building? What was the thinking that maybe both of those guys, because they're on the list, almost every one of them, for up-and-coming potential head coaching candidates, and you don't name either one of them your head, your interim head coach? My sense is that it's a little twofold. One, this is kind of what we're seeing in the NFL these days. The, the, uh, the days of, well, let's just promote the offensive and or defensive coordinator that we think is closest to being a uh, head coach. No, let's go with the special teams guy, or in Antonio Pierce's case, it was the linebackers coach, so we can allow our coordinators to be coordinators and focus on that. And I think particularly on the offensive side of the ball, that is definitely what David Tepper wants because he wants Thomas Brown to be focused on nothing except making sure that Bryce Young starts to move in the right direction because it doesn't matter who the coach is next year. They want to make sure that they have some positive momentum with Bryce Young that he can capitalize on as he ends this season and carry it forward into 24. And then you would think, again, you would think with an offensive-minded head coach, the right hire, yeah. the guy that David Tepper feels really good about bringing a quarterback along, that you get that momentum plus the hire, and now we've got this kid moving in the right direction. Well, who says you need an offensive head coach to get a rookie quarterback going? Because it looks like down in Houston, that's working okay yeah. for D'Amico Ryan and C.J. Stroud. But, Mike, a couple points you made here. Um, you know, they wanted to streamline things, right, with Thomas Brown's voice there. So they get rid of Deuce Staley and Josh McCown, two rising assistants whose careers now – are probably going to be lateral at best because of the disaster that's happened in Carolina. But more importantly, you mentioned Ben Johnson, the Lions offensive coordinator, could be on the radar. But everyone knows David, David Tepper now. Yeah, he pays big bucks, but he's got an itchy trigger finger. He meddles. I think that's when Frank Reich stepped on the green mile when he went publicly and said that the owner is very involved. Why is this an attractive job? Because it's one of 32? I mean, whoever comes in has yeah. got to take Bryce Young. Not everybody liked Bryce Young. Yeah. Uh, well, I would say that sometimes I've seen this where you get the bang-bang firing and then you get uh, the extended run for the next coach because you don't want to get into that uh, rhythm of, oh, we're continuing to turn over coaches and turn over coaches. I remember the Giants a couple of years ago when Cleveland. they hired Brian Dayball. Cleveland Browns. Cleveland, yeah. We, yeah, and, and then San Francisco. How about that one? Let's right. go back to San Francisco. Right. Because they made sure that they had matching six-year contracts for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch as a message to those guys, to the team, and to the fan base to say, no, we're giving these guys some runway here. So 
that's a potential uh, a positive here as you're uh, coming up as a candidate for this job to say, you know, David Tepper does not want to do the quick trigger again. So I'll probably get a little bit more leeway here than maybe I ordinarily would have. You know, that's number one. Number two, uh, it is a good organization. Otherwise, I've heard a lot of, a lot of positive things about uh, working there uh, and being an employee there, uh, certainly under David Tepper, other than guys that have been the head coach recently. Yeah. Uh, but he, he certainly is. Listen, there's a passion there. There's a desire to win, right? I'll give him that much. Uh, I understand what you're saying about the meddling. Maybe one day we'll hear the full story about who wanted C.J. Stroud and who wanted Bryce Young because we've heard different versions of it, certainly behind the Steve's, uh, behind the scenes, Steve and James. I know you guys have as well. And maybe the owner who was on all those trips and in all those meetings and at the pro days was making a little bit too much of the decisions. Uh, we, we shall see if that ever comes to light. Frank Reich did have a chance today in speaking with Scott Fowler of the Charlotte Observer to take some shots back, and instead he took the high road. He took the high road. Complimentary of David yep. Tepper. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, honestly, guys, in my opinion, I, I think this job is less appealing now than it was a season ago. I agree. I, I really do, because now you, you, you don't have picks. You don't get to pick the quarterback. Quarterback's been selected yeah. for you, and that quarterback's not going anywhere. And you also, as Steve mentioned, you now have concrete evidence, Mike, in multiple occasions about how David Tepper operates and how difficult things kind of can be on you as a head coach in that building. So I'm curious, really, in that sense to where I think it is is maybe less appealing this year than it was the, the time around a year ago. Yeah. But, but, Mike, before we move on, I am curious, are we giving Bryce Young a pass in this situation? I mean, you mentioned what they did. You know, They really changed offenses from what I'm told one way or another, four different times during OTAs. They've continued to do it throughout this season, putting more and more in terms of what he did at Alabama and trying to find different ways for him successful. All the change and everything he's been through. What have you heard about, about him especially? Are we giving him a pass because of the situation, or are there concerns about his future overall? Because there has to be some. Yeah. And first of all, by the way, I do. you were laying out the reasons why this job is less attractive. Steve's question to me was, why is it attractive? I, I do agree with you. Yeah. That, yes. There, you you got sure. to look at this job a little side-eye if you are a candidate yeah. for it, uh, for sure. Mm -hmm. But back to your question about Bryce Young, uh, what have I heard? Um, I, I did talk about the differing schemes uh, and that, how that was messing with his head and slowing him down a little bit. That's number one. The other thing that I heard is the way that he's trying to play quarterback it's almost like a positive became a negative. So coming out of college, we talked about him and his ability to process and his ability to see everything mm -hmm. and go through all of his reads. This team is not there yet. The offensive line is not going to provide him with the time, number one. And it's not like he's got four legitimate options that he can kind of go through here and read from one all the way to four. It's like, yes, he does, dude, Mike. He's got one, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. Who else, James? Adam Thielen. I think those are his <laughs> yeah. first three reads. I think those are his first three. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and that's why Scott Fitterer, the GM, did try at the trade deadline, even though they knew they weren't going to make the playoffs, yeah. to try to bring in a legitimate target, and the price wound up being too high for any of the guys that were uh, available. So he said, you know what, I'm not going to risk that just to get it uh, in-house this year. We'll work on that in the offseason. And they will. This will be a team that will be looking in free agency uh, and maybe via the trade market to bring in legitimate targets for Bryce Young. But the, the point I'm trying to make is he was trying to play quarterback as if he was loaded with the greatest show on turf and I could just kind of go through everything and they were kind of telling him like, dude, that's not where it is like right now. So that's a good thing maybe down the line or like in college when you played at Alabama. Yeah, and I knew you had SEC defenses on the other side, but you had Alabama's offensive line and targets in front of you. Um, 
So yeah, he's got to figure this all out, right? He's got to sort of simplify it and dumb it down in his own mind, but not lose that ability because one day he may be in a situation where he's got a loaded offense, and that's the way you do want to play quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, he gets a pass. Look, we've seen this happen with Tua, where he comes to a situation that's not very good. They change coaches. They add to personnel. Now look what happened. So so this is, I think, he, he gets a pass on this because this was just a colossal disaster. Um, Mike, one day we're going to have you back on to see if Jim Harbaugh might be a potential candidate, even though issues with authority are something that he tends to have and with a hair-triggered owner. I don't know if that is ideal. But also, like Mike, <laughs> no, not at all. But you were at <laughs> you were at like the best game of the weekend, Mike. The Giants and the Patriots. Oh, yeah, dandy right there. And so we do know that the Patriots took a loss on that game on this missed attempt at the very end. The rookie is set from 35 to tie it. Snap is good. Kick on its way. And over. And it is no good. He missed it wide left. Ryland missed it wide left. So another rookie beats Bill Belichick. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So. We needed to see it again. Yeah, we, we just had to see that again. But, Mike, when you, when you, when you look at this game, I mean, we'll, we'll forget the outcome. Right? We know the Patriots. They are what they are. But Bill Belichick, his situation, because we know there's going to be a bunch of coaching changes at the end of the season. Heck, Frank Reich might not be the only one from the NFC South. But Bill Belichick, just some things that you, you garnered, what could be happening in New England in the offseason and where his future could be, probably not Carolina based on the way he handled developing a rookie quarterback in Mac Jones. Well, let's actually start with the outcome of the game because I haven't shared this yet, and this is a perfect opportunity for me to do it. Do it. Uh, in the pregame, Ted Ryland, here. from yeah. roughly where he was uh, kicking that game-winning or game-tying field goal, was missing left and right. Oh uh, as a matter goodness. of fact, missing left. Oh and I gosh. was standing there with a couple of Patriots folks, and I was like, uh, is this dude struggling? And they were like, nah, he always does that in the pregame. He's terrible in the pregame. And then he comes in, and he's fine <laughs> during the game. Literally, the kick after... I, he tried a, uh, a kick in the pregame, missed it wide left, almost identical to the one that he missed there oh at the end of the game, is when I oh. asked the question, and they were like, no, don't worry about it. He's good. He's good. Turned out he wasn't good. Uh, back to your question about Bill Belichick and his future. Um, it just feels like time. It does. Yeah. Um, Robert Kraft really has not let it on. Uh, his full feelings on the situation go back to March, go back to the league meetings when he said that Gerard Mayo was the basically coach in waiting. And it was like, wait a second. I'm sorry, what? Hello? Oh, did you just say what we think you said? And he doesn't say it by accident. Robert Kraft knows exactly what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought the league meeting in October was going to be the chance for us to get Robert Kraft's feel on uh, what's happening with the Patriots. He did not elect to even uh, walk by the cameras in the hotel lobby that day. I believe he's been on CNBC since then. Uh, he did an interview with Rich Eisen uh, in Germany before the game there and really didn't get into great depth about anything, which I think the fact that he's saying less actually tells me a little bit more. So it just feels like time for Bill Belichick to move on from New England. Um, he, he's not saying much. Kraft isn't saying much. So this is going to be a lot of speculation. But I will say, I, I mean, I've had conversation with people in the building. And they say that they're kind of feeling the same thing as well. So let's see how it plays out. Doesn't feel like Bill Belichick's the kind of guy that wants to just sail off into retirement. There will be opportunities. Some have speculated about Washington uh, and its proximity to Annapolis. You know about his Navy connections and uh, his feel for the area down there. 
We shall see. Again, this is all informed speculation at this point. Love it, Mike. Love all the insight. Right before we let you go, how do you feel about your new title? Exclusive insider yeah, to the NFL on. Report. Come on. I think, it's, I think it's great. I think it should be on the screen. I think it should be probably on the shelf behind me, right by Carmen's. Uh, this is a drawing of a football. This guy looks like a son oh, with a beard. That's uh, awesome. The upside down heart. I don't know why it's upside down. Love you it. Know, it, it. She's getting to the age now. She's six. Uh, and James, you've got an artistic son. So we're now going to have to start mm -hmm. Look, like, like we got to figure out what, what was in the artist's mind. Why was the heart upside down on the football? I don't know. You won't tell me. Uh, it's oh. all uh, the beauty of, it, of appreciating art. Mike, you know this. Multiple levels, she's, Mike. No, she's thinking that Tua threw it. It's the left-handed rotation on the throw see? as to why the heart this is, is why. upside down. This is Mike why G. Steve Weish is a wow. football art there we go. There we go, Mike G. Yeah. You are the man. Thank he you so is. much. Great insight. The story is not going away. And know what else isn't going away? Bigger news. That was the biggest news. Bigger in the news. Block, but now the bigger news is coming back, and it does involve the Houston Texans. Oh, and the team they lost to, the Jacksonville Jaguars, next on the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. So the game ends if he misses. From 58 yards away, Johnson puts it down. There's the kick. The 58-yard field goal is no good. It hit the crossbar and came back. The Jags have come and beaten the Houston Texans. How good is that? Welcome back to the NFL Report. James Palmer, Steve Weich with you. Steve, we slid down bigger news because we had massive news with yes. Mike G at the top <laughs> of the show. But every Monday, we usually like to start with bigger news. So I'm going to start with what is bigger news, Steve? Is it the Jaguars going down to Houston and beating the Texans, creating a two-game lead in the division of the AFC South? Or is it the Philadelphia Eagles, where I'm still here in Philadelphia, winning just an insane game over the Buffalo Bills to move to 10-1 and and remain the best team in the NFL as they look to face the 49ers in a massive contest next Sunday? I'll start. I'm going to say it's Philadelphia Eagles. That's why I'm Ooh. still here, Steve. Ooh. Not You're just your hometown too, my brother. Them moving to 10 and 1. It's because of how they won this football game. Jalen Hurts has thrown for under 50 yards in each of the last two games in the first half. Then he goes and does what in the second half? Scores 30 points, four of his five touchdowns there, and he runs again shows how clutch he is as a player. But it's not only that. They they beat the Bills who came into this game second in the NFL in sacks without one of the best right tackles in football, Lane Johnson, was out. Jax Dristel found out he was playing during pregame warm-ups in this game. They also did it without Fletcher Cox in the middle of their defense, without Milton Williams in the middle of their defense, Zach Cunningham in the middle of their defense. They learned, in my opinion, Steve, to win this game shorthanded. And win games in any fashion has been the way the Eagles have operated this season, and we saw it once again. Oh, yeah, they were extremely short at tight end, in this yeah. game with their top two tight ends out. So what can you do? You can't help chipping next to Jack Driscoll against this front because you don't have any tight ends 
I just think what they went out and did leading into this 49ers game shows us once again that this is the best team in football because they know how to win better than anybody else. That, that's it. They, they, they know how to win, and they've got Jason Kelsey. On that touchdown run there in overtime, when you saw him spring, Jalen Hurts on that play, mm. he's just he is amazing what he allows their offense to do. But the bigger news, JP, isn't so much that because the Eagles maintained their top seed. They weren't going to lose it anyway. Okay. It is Jacksonville going down to Houston and opening up that two-game lead on the Texans who had beaten them earlier. But it wasn't so much a revenge game. It wasn't so much to maybe establish, just kind of negate potential uh, tiebreakers when it comes to playoff. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars needed to prove something to themselves because when they supposedly have been challenged mm. this year, they really haven't risen to the occasion. I mean, they've got thumped by the 49ers and some other teams that they've had to play, but they went down there, and this was a fantastic game. It was a great game between two great quarterbacks really who I liken to on NFL Game Day preview is this could be this generation's Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. And the fact that Trevor Lawrence came down and led that drive, Calvin Ridley was spectacular. He looked like the Calvin Ridley we expected him to be, that they were able to come down and win. Now, again, this is by virtue of a doink, a missed field goal on the end. To me, that proves something because they missed a field goal because their defense, in particular edge rusher Josh Allen, showed up at the right time on the final drive. So I like that we've got two different opinions, and the Jacksonville Jaguars now sit at the number three playoff seed in the AFC. Okay, on that note, speaking no, no, of no, AFC no, playoffs. No, 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 oh. no, do not move forward. Do not move forward, Steve, because I do want to make a note on Jacksonville and because of the AFC. The reason I also picked Philadelphia is because this also might have helped out everybody in the AFC. When I went out and watched Josh Allen, go out and do what he did against this oh. Philadelphia Eagles team. This might have helped the rest of the AFC avoid Josh Allen in the postseason. Great point. As it's now going to be even more difficult for the Bills to get into the postseason. And man, did Josh Allen play brilliantly. He was the best player in the field. One note about the Jaguars before you move us on, Steve. Four of their last six games are against teams with losing records. Yes. Of the two teams with winning records, one of them is a Deshaun, Watt Deshaun watson list Cleveland Browns team. Could they make a play for the number one seed in the AFC? They need some help, but it is in striking distance. That's oh, why your game, I do agree, could be maybe the bigger news, but I'm sticking with it. Very, very much striking distance. And you know one team that could be making a play to get into the AFC playoffs? Oh, yeah. You tell. The Denver Broncos. So bigger news that the Broncos won their fifth Ooh. straight or that the 7-4 and four Pittsburgh Steelers Finally eclipsed 400 yards of offense after firing OC Matt Canada to beat the Cincinnati Bengals yesterday. Bigger news, JP. I'm going to say bigger news is the Denver Broncos because I believe the Steelers are the more talented team out of these two teams. So the coaching job that Sean Payton has done during this five-game win streak I think has been remarkable. They have figured out a formula with Russell Wilson, which is limit his throws. I think he's thrown more than 30 balls only once during this five-game win streak. He throws for about under 200 yards in each of these games. I think he's only topped that once during this win streak. And what happens? If the first read's not there, it's a check down, Steve, or they're running the football. I know that makes some people around the NFL want to pull their hair out, but they've figured out a way to win games. And the other part of it is we are seeing the best player on that team actually make a massive impact in how they're winning these games. And that's cornerback Patrick Sertan and what he does playing that top corner spot. This defense has turned the football over like, crazy pills right now and a big part of it the Broncos believe 
by what Sertan is done, doing at that corner spot, where quarterbacks have to hold the ball for another tick, where the number one receiving option is taken away, where they can do different things with their defense because he can cover part of the field. I think this has been a phenomenal coaching job by Sean Payton and the turnaround, which we give the credit to defensive coordinator Vance Joseph. It absolutely is the Denver Broncos. Look, the Pittsburgh Steelers got Let's 400 go. yards of offense, but they only scored 16 points. I mean, come on. I mean, yeah. whatever. So, but it's absolutely the Denver Broncos. And JP, five games, win five games straight in the NFL is difficult. But we thought they were dead, right? We thought this yes. was a redux of Nathaniel Hackett at one and five. We thought Vance Joseph, the defensive coordinator, was in trouble. And here they go. They come out, and now they are firmly in the crosshairs of making a playoff push. But we're going to find out about that as their next opponents coming up at Houston, at the Chargers, there. at Detroit, right? Those next three games are going to determine. Whether what you said earlier on the NFL report, JP, that the Broncos will make the playoffs, not earlier today, but a couple of episodes ago, will absolutely come true. All right, coming up next on the NFL report, oh, we're going to the NFC North and we're going to the NFC West as Jordan Love. Is he the real deal? Oh, our Stacey Dales is about to join us and give us the skinny after the break on the NFL report. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Motion by Kraft to the left, snap to Love. Lost the left side of the end zone. Over the shoulder, catch, touchdown, Christian Watson. Yes, yes, they make the Lions pay. All right, that was a radio call from the Packers' Thanksgiving Day victory over the Detroit Lions. And we bring in our Stacey Dales. And Stacey, you were at that game. It was the perfect complimentary football by the Packers, like, you know, the, the stuffing. The macaroni and cheese that went with the turkey on a lot of people's oh, plates. But Stacy, I, I got to talk about the Packers quarterback, Jordan Love. I mean, you know this team yeah. well. He showcased in front of a national audience what he's been playing like actually for the past month. What are kind of some of the things you're hearing about how the Packers feel about Jordan Love, his teammates, front office, whatever? Because he looks mm -hmm. like maybe he's their guy. Yeah, and I would say the opponents believe that, too. You know, when I was preparing for this game, you guys know when you have these conversations with opposing defenders and they're telling you about what they mm -hmm. see on the tape. Like Alex Anzalone told me last week before they played, you can see why they moved up to get him and drafted him where they did because he's starting to look like the franchise quarterback. They obviously had played earlier in the season and he just looks so much more confidence and that is, it's real. I mean, watching that game in person on Thursday, guys, and talking to Christian Watson after that game, and then pregame, we learn so much on the field, right, James and Steve, in terms of our yep. conversations with coaches. Mm -hmm. And we knew, you know, the proverbial, he's the first one in, last guy to leave. But he, he's, he's so uh, steady Eddie in his daily and has been in his, his daily endeavors at the facility, whether they've won or they've lost throughout the season. We've been waiting for this. And Matt LaFleur said it after this game, the coach, guys, like they can now open up the playbook because the chemistry is finally developing with these young, this youngest offense in football. It is literally 
factually the youngest offense in the National Football League. And so now you're feeling that manifest because all those little things they're doing are starting to come together. Early in the year, my conversation with one coach was like, it's almost like a bull in a china shop type of offense because precision is so important (laughs) with the quarterback and those receivers and the offensive line. And now we're starting to see it come together and they've won three of their last four games. So yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Jordan Love, guys. I, I love it, Stace, because I said on the show last week, Steve, remember at the end, I was like, I talked to a couple of defensive coordinators that were like, he's about to break out. Yeah, he's about sure to did. have that monster game from mm-hmm. what they were seeing from Jordan Love. And now we've seen it. We've seen it the last couple of weeks, and it's fun to watch him grow with his young receivers. Stace, let's go to the team that they beat in the Detroit Lions. Now, Peter King and his mm-hmm. column, because Steve and I were both reading, is going, have the Lions peaked with the turnover issues that they've had, with them un- being unable to get stops? What's your take yeah. on being there, seeing them? Have the Lions peaked in our sense? Because I don't want them to. They've been so much fun to watch this year. Yeah, it's a great question. I think anytime you see uh, them struggle against a Chicago team, though it's a divisional game, right? right? The, the comeback that they had to manufacture against the Bears. I honestly believe, James, to answer your question, I think it was just a very emotional week. You've got to win your divisional games. Mm-hmm. And y- you, you guys know, covering this league for so long, that divisional games are the hardest games because you know each other so damn well. And you have that emotional mm-hmm. roller coaster against Chicago four days later, which is the shortest game in the NFL that we have all season because it's the turnaround to Thanksgiving at 1230 kickoff. Uh, I just think that they Great were... Point. That there was something energetically that just wasn't there. I mean, when do we ever see, as you see on the lower third there, Jared Goff fumble it three times? I don't know if he's ever done that, actually, historically. Uh, the Packers came to play, though. What was interesting, guys, when I walked in the Lions locker room after the game, the veterans had all cleared out. And, you know, you win that game, and you can imagine they're probably celebrating the veterans. Many of them are still in there, probably going to talk to the media Well, it was like, it was barren in that locker room. They were pissed. So Mm. I'll be anxious to see how they come out uh, of this sort of mini buy and uh, get ready, you know, and become the team that we think that they are. Problem is they're just giving up too many points, by the way, defensively. They are giving up, I forget which week it was, Weich, but like they're giving up the most points in the NFL over these last few weeks, uh, which is concerning. Look, we saw the 49ers go through a skid like this where they had all their troubles and they rectified it. I think the Lions can do it as well. Real quick, Stacey, since you live in Chicago, mm-hmm. talk about evaluating Jordan Love. Justin Fields is a guy who we know the Bears don't know what they're going to do with, and we also don't know if the people making the call on that are going to be in the building after the season. What's kind of the mm-hmm. feeling about Justin Fields, who did look good in running the offense in a loss last week? Yeah, when his return from his hand injury. This, there's so much to dissect here that we could sit probably and talk oh, for hours over show. a couple yeah. cocktails, right? Like it, it's just, he, the bot, here's, here's the talk of the town. His starting record in the NFL over three seasons is 6-26. and 26. So he plays like he did. He has over 100 on the ground. He had more designed runs than he's ever had against the Lions in that game I just alluded to. And they still lose because they they – don't know how to finish. And unfortunately in this league, that falls on the coach and the quarterback. And I think Mike Tomlin and had the best quote coming out of their victory over this past weekend mm. when he said, quote, guys like myself and Kenny, we're judged by winning and losing. We don't run from it. We're winners today. But that's Mike Tomlin just stating the facts. If you win in the NFL as a quarterback, 
regardless of how you play, look at Jalen Hurts. James, you're there in Philly right now. I mean, he's mm-hmm. finding ways to win. They are 10 and one for a reason because they know how to win games. And so the conversation surround Justin, surrounding Justin Fields, who's up obviously next May, it's going to be so fascinating because of all those things we're going to talk about, right? Who's going to be the coach? Is it going to be Matt Eberflus again? What's the management going to look like? They've got probably two top picks in the draft, which will take place before the judgment day in May as to whether they extend Justin Fields. And then I would just say this, does Justin Fields want to be a Chicago Bear? Because notoriously, there are so many issues at quarterback and in terms of winning over the last decade. You've got to get to the root of those problems in Chicago. But unfortunately, Matt Eberflus doesn't have a win against the division in his tenure. And Justin Fields is 6-26, and 26, and I think he would tell you, we've got to f- learn how to finish, which he did this week in his press conference. Oh, you're coming back. You're, you are coming back, man. You cannot leave us on a cliffhanger like that. Yo, yeah, yeah. Cocktails or not, Stacey, we're, uh, we're chatting this again. Yes, we are. Yes. Let's Appreciate do it. it. Hey, hey they play it, the Vikings tonight. Justin's never beat the Vikings. There's a start. Let's see. Hey, that'd be the start. That'd be the start. And Stacey's going to be sitting Thanks for in having this me. city. For a monster one <laughs> next week between the Eagles and the 49ers. Oh boy. This is the game of maybe the season. Roll it, LC. The 49ers, the most versatile offense in the National Football League. What a play by Brock Purdy. Unstoppable better than my competitors. CMC is a touchdown machine. Hurdles a man. CMC. Yeah, I'm on top of my game. The 49ers are loaded. George Kittle, he has three touchdown catches tonight. That's a bat line, boys. Brandon Ayu. This is the best team the Niners have had for a long time. All right, now we're going to make it Omar Ruiz after getting that highlight film of the 49ers. Big O was in Seattle Thanksgiving to watch the 49ers. But the beatdown on the Seahawks, oh, oh I just kind of want to get <laughs> again. you again, right? They, they, the Seattle cannot beat the 49ers. But oh, besides that, and more so than just the way that the, the, the beatdown went, the 49ers now are 2-0. and They are playing their best football of the season. Moving forward, as James mentioned, they got the Eagles next week in Philly. What is kind of the feeling coming out of that locker room with the boys in gold and red? Yeah, well, they're excited. I think this is a team that is used to playing in big games. As Eric Armstead told me, he loves playing in big games, as this is certainly one of them. But they have that proper perspective, obviously playing in three of four NFC Championship games. Several of the players have made a Super Bowl run. They know that their real goals for the season and aspirations can't be accomplished until January and February. But they are excited to see where they match up against Philadelphia. We all remember the NFC Championship game last year. Asked Trent Williams about playing the Philadelphia Eagles. The measuring stick component of it, I think Philly is one of the few teams in the league that can match the physicality, if not surpass, what San Francisco brings to the table on both sides of the ball. And Williams told me that, of course, looking forward to playing that brand of football and coming out on top. And whether they win or lose this first week of December, You know, obviously they have a month left in the the regular season to figure things out before the playoffs were to begin, but certainly a lot of excitement coming out of that locker room after the Seattle win on Thursday. 
Omar, they're heading back to Philadelphia where Brock Purdy's injury happened, and you know that that's a chip on this entire organization that they've been using this entire <laughs> offseason. Yeah. <laughs> what about the chip they're using in season as they're heading into this game about their quarterback and maybe the places he doesn't get respect, which is not the NFL report, right, Steve? He gets He's our MVP. He is our MVP. <laughs> We've been saying it all season. Well, well, you know, Brock Purdy has full faith of that locker room. Uh, I talked to Fred Warner last week. He told me he doesn't know what Brock Purdy has to do more to gain that national respect. And I think it's been a somewhat of a galvanizing force in the locker room. You saw Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, even a defensive lineman like Javon Kinlaw posting on their social media chances about, uh, channels about Brock Purdy winning the NFC Offensive Player of the Week for the first time last week and the support that he has there. And I asked Purdy about that after the game on Thursday, and he told me that he appreciates the support, not just last week for that successful game he had against Tampa Bay, and now that they've won three in a row, but really the support that he had from the locker room even during the three-game losing streak when so many people were doubting his ability uh, to play quarterback and questioning whether he was truly the quarterback of the future of this team. He said that he felt the love. It's real. Uh, it certainly galvanized them. And it's something that they're using as a motivational force, uh, it seems to me. And you, there's nothing more dangerous uh, than a talented team, than a talented team that is motivated. And they certainly uh, are that the San Francisco 49ers are as they head to Philadelphia behind that chip on their shoulder that they collectively feel about Brock Purdy now. Omar, you talk about a team has got a chip on its shoulder and is motivated. The Los Angeles Rams, right? This is the team we saw start Ooh. out, and we were like, okay, this team's going to be better than what we thought. Then they kind of hit a skid. They've had some quarterback injury issues. Matthew Stafford gets hurt. He's back. Omar, you and I were at the game uh, last week when he just looked absolutely fantastic and healthy. Then they come out, and they put another beat down. Folks, on the podcast, you can't see you. That's, that's my beatdown. They put it on the Arizona Cardinals yesterday with the return of running back Kyron Williams from IR. This is a dangerous team now, to, in fact, to the point where they put themselves back in playoff contention in the NFC. What were some of the things that were coming out of the locker room in Arizona yesterday from the Rams? Yeah, this is an interesting dynamic with the Los Angeles Rams because you have Super Bowl MVP in Cooper Cup, you have Super Bowl quarterback champion Matthew Stafford, the all-everything Aaron Donald first ballot Hall of Famer, guys who have won so many games over the years with Sean McVay and the LA Rams. And I asked each of them how it feels to maybe be excited about being one game out of the playoffs for all they've accomplished. And, and they all gave the answer that Sean McVay gave, keeping it one game at a time, one day at a time, and continuing to build. But then at the other side, of the locker room, you have all that young players. And Steve, you've followed this team as closely as anybody, all the growth and talk of development the last couple of years. And to see a guy like Kobe Turner, a second year defensive lineman with two sacks yesterday, I asked Aaron Donald about that. And he just beamed with so much pride, had a huge smile on his face as he's excited that they can win a lot of games because Aaron Donald's still getting triple teamed here week in and week out. And if a guy like Kobe Turner is gonna step up with two sacks, they had four on the day on Kyler Murray, the real excitement, not so much that how close they are to the playoffs, they're one game out, and obviously they have that tiebreaker over Seattle having swept them in the regular season thus far, if they're able to, to finish there. The excitement is the development and the real-time growth that they're seeing from these 
younger players to actually be in this conversation, to be in the hunt. And, and Sean McVay said they've earned the right to now play meaningful games in December, and they have to keep it up to play meaningful games into January. So it's an interesting uh, dynamic here with the Rams. You have all those established veterans. You have these new uh, breed of, of leaders in the locker room like Ernest Jones, all coming together seemingly at the right time for the LA Rams. It's awesome. It's cool. And also with the dead money going away, guys, and looking into next year, how it carries over for way guys yep. like Aaron Donald might be on the fence going, ooh, we might have something going here. I think I'm, <laughs> I'm, sticking, I'm sticking around. I love it. Omar, appreciate it, buddy. Good to see you. Good and to see one, one more point. Yeah, well, Go ahead. Make it quick. Make it quick. Thank you. One more point on, on all that. Of all the teams that are in that hunt with the Rams, you look at the quarterback situation, Matthew Stafford by far and away is the best quarterback there. So as you look toward the rest of the season, Steve mentioned that the two scoring drives he led in the fourth quarter last week, four touchdowns yesterday against the Cardinals. Matthew Stafford could be, you know, the ace in the hole there as they come down the stretch. Good point. Great point, Omar. Great point. Love it. Appreciate it, buddy. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we love having you on. Coming up on the NFL Report, Jeff Shadia. It's Monday. It's his first read column. And why not talk about the city he lives in? Kansas City, the Chiefs. Oh, there's no problem in Kansas City. Why are we all panicking? More coming up on the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome back into the NFL Report. James Palmer and... Steve Weich and Jeff Chadia, because it's Monday, and this is when we get into it with Jeff in his first read column. This is when Steve tells you everything he dislikes about your column, Jeff. I'm just kidding. That's true. We got to start, because I teased it before we got into this, and we're, we're in your column, you're talking about the case for, the case against, kind of teams you trust going down the line. I'm looking at number two right there. We'll get to number one, but I'm looking at number two with the Kansas City Chiefs. We were in panic mode after Monday night. Yeah, was the city sinking, and now everybody's fine this Monday? It's amazing what an AFC West opponent can do for you. They always seem to look <laughs> much better after the Chargers get on the schedule, after the Raiders show up, the Broncos, everything's right all of a sudden. It looked better. That's the big thing, especially offensively, where you saw some of the changes people had been hoping to see over the last, whatever, it's been three, four weeks, where you saw a simpler game plan. You saw the ball coming out quickly. You saw shorter routes. So a guy like Rasheed Rice, you see there, getting a lot more shallow crosses and hitches and get the ball into the hands type plays. And so that's where they really have to go with this passing game right now because, you know, still there's some questions about what Kadarius Toney, who didn't play, can do, and Sky Moore and some of the other guys. I was surprised the Raiders didn't take Travis Kelsey away like every other defense has done over the last month. But certainly encouraging signs seeing Rasheed Rice go over 100 yards, the run game being proficient. and getting over 30 points. Yeah, you mentioned Travis Kelsey. He came back big. Uh, you know, I think they got a break, too, because the Raiders' Max Crosby, he was he was limited here. But, Jeff, another team that you have on this list should be number one. 
The Baltimore Ravens. I mean, we saw them come out. That game against the Chargers was actually a really good game. They got four takeaways, and they had problems getting the ball into the end zone. But as you say in here, make the case for the Ravens as to why they'll probably be the number one seed that the AFC could be going through Baltimore. Most complete team in football. I mean, from my money, you look at their offense, they're number six in scoring. You look at their defense, they're number two in scoring. And I know they get a lot of flack because they haven't made a deep playoff run, haven't won a championship with Lamar Jackson. This is the best they've looked since he's been there as far as what they can do, the variety of offense, the passing game. You saw the weapons they have with Zay Flowers can do. You see him here. He, he scored on touchdown as well in this contest. And I feel like they understand the gravity of the moment, that they may never have a shot as good as this one to get that top seed again, to have that home field advantage. It's so crucial in the way this AFC is stacking up to have those two games at home, to have that first round by. And they're in the driver's seat right now. If they're able to keep winning, I know Chiefs have the tiebreaker, but they have to, they have to play Buffalo. They got to play the Packers. Ravens have a tougher schedule. But again, I feel like they're a more equipped team to go get that number one seed. I, I, I'm curious, Jeff, when I look at your third team, I want to push it forward real quick. I, I, this wasn't what we were going to talk about, guys, but I'm curious. I said this to Steve earlier, that there is a chance that the Jacksonville Jaguars could wind up with the number yep. one seed in the AFC. Oh, it's true. If you look at what their remaining schedule is, four of their last six opponents have losing record. And one of the two teams that has a winning record are the Browns without Deshaun Watson. How much faith, I know you have them as third, but if they wind up in that number one seed, what would your thought be on the Jacksonville Jaguars? They would feel a lot like the Tennessee Titans felt a few years ago when they got the top seed and then the Bengals beat them in the divisional round. Because for me, I like Jacksonville. But what's worried me about Jacksonville is you don't see them being dominant in the way you've seen the Ravens be dominant or, you know, the Chiefs can be dominant. Even Miami, that 70-point game was a long time ago against Denver, but you know they have a ceiling there that they can hit. And with Jacksonville, it just feels as if Trevor Lawrence is good but not great. The defense Ooh. is solid, Ooh. but not. Mm. <laughs> this is two weeks in a row. Oh, this is two weeks in a row oh, for Jeff man. On, on Trevor Lawrence. Come on, man. Yep, it was right. Thanksgiving oh, week. It was Travis Etienne. Yep. Yep. Oh, listen, oh, I'm just saying. No, he played well no. down the stretch last year. Played well right. on the schedule Sunday. does favor them. No, but they got a great schedule. That's part of this. That's why Miami's in, in, the, in this as well. They yeah. got three yep. easy games coming up, and momentum's a big thing at the end of the year. Jeff, very well done to read Jeff today's first read column. Go go to NFL.com slash first read. JP didn't mean to battle a lot of adversity this year, but it was there. (laughs) When we come back, we're going to talk about some lost headlines, some things that got overshadowed by the big play of others. That's coming up on the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right, we are back at the NFL Report. And, JP, as you wrap this up, on Mondays, you know, we, we love to spend the show talking about some of the great performances, but also some of the performances that got overlooked. And I want to go back to that Texans-Jaguars game. 
And I want to give some props to the Jaguars across the board. Their offensive line, they did not let Trevor Lawrence get sacked in this game, which made him look so good. And there were so many times, especially in the red zone, where he was clean, which leads me to my next point. Calvin Ridley was absolutely fantastic. That was the player we have been waiting to see in that game. Mm-hmm. He was getting shadowed a lot in that game. And lastly, defensive end Josh Allen, two and a half sacks, one of them coming on the final drive by the Texans, which resulted in a significant loss, which also led to them taking that 59-yard field goal that doinked off the crossbar. Had he not gotten that sack, the way Houston was rolling, they might have got closer and an opportunity to score a touchdown. Nice to hear somebody giving Trevor Lawrence some love on this show now that Jeff Padilla has kicked rocks and he's no longer on this segment. Again, I'm going to move to the game that I had, Steve. And I'm going to look at two players. We had great quarterback play. We had great skill position play. How about the two young interior defensive linemen for the Philadelphia Eagles and Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter played more snaps than they have ever played in their career. We know they rotate up front. We know how good Fletcher Cox is. We know how good Milton Williams is. He's one of the better guys, actually, on first and second down. You talk to guys. I was talking to Darius Slay about in the locker room just how good the defensive tackle play is for them in front of those two rookies that allow them to go after the quarterback on third down. They played a ton of snaps. Josh Sweat told me, Steve, Jalen Carter, he uses moves that are like used by defensive interior linemen like 20, 30 years ago. He's like, he is killing dudes with these old school moves, and they're going to have to rely on these guys. We'll see what happens with Fletcher Cox and his groin injury. Couldn't finish that game. One of the toughest players in the league. Always finds a way to get on the field. These guys are going to need to be relied on to play more snaps. They played really well against a good Bills offensive line and got consistent pressure. Unsung guys usually on the interior portion of the defensive line. A lot in this league, Steve, I'm going to give two young guys that were actually had a lot of questions about them coming into the NFL on what their character was and who they were as players in terms of effort. Those have not been questioned at all here this season with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I'm glad you pointed that out because Baldy, our Brian Baldinger, who'll be joining us on Thursday, has a great breakdown of Jordan Davis actually doing a Reggie mm. White hump move where he gets under the offensive lineman and tries to hip toss him. So you talk about 20, 30 years ago when you're going after a stud Hall of Famer, first ballot guy, that's how you do it. Also lost in some of this because we didn't get to talk to Falcons because I had to give Jeff Chidea some Michigan time, was their offensive yeah, line it. play, especially Chris Lindstrom, and Caleb McGarry on the right side. I mean, what they were doing at the end of that game against New Orleans for Tyler Algier and Bijan Robinson to run out the clock for Atlanta to beat their rival and to take the lead in the NFC South, that was overly impressive. But, JP, coming up on Thursday, speaking of those Falcons, we're going to have safety Jesse Bates joining us here on the NFL Report. We saw him with that 92-yard pick six. He also has a great Mike Cause, Mike Cleats that we are going to hear about. Great job, JP. Please get home from Philadelphia safely. Listen to the podcast. Rate us. Let us know what's up. And we'll be back Thursday on the NFL Report. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.